How many people don't remember Derek Bell? 713-780-3776. He's blank. I'm Branham. Join Culture Map and Sports Map. Derek Bell might be there. On October 25th for the tailgate, an all-out celebration of Houston sports and the fans who cheer them on. Savor tailgate-inspired bites from your favorite restaurants, including FM Kitchen, Twin Peaks, The Waffle Bus, and many, many more. Sip on signature drinks, enjoy game day activities, plus... VIP ticket holders can meet and greet with former Houston Texan Jonathan Joseph. Tickets are on sale now and include all food, all drinks. Use promo code ESPN, $10 off any ticket type when you do. Head to tailgate.culturemap.com. It's tailgate.culturemap.com to get your tickets today. I cannot wait. Random wife cannot wait. This is a fantastic event. Blankers, you should go. Drop off the girls with Joe George. He'd be happy to babysit. Maybe Esme would be okay babysitting. I don't know. Joe the, George, the, you should go. You the, should all go. It's a great time. Girls might be in danger of drowning in the laundry room at Joe's place. I don't know. They're fine. There's no water there anymore. Okay. We're okay. There you go. Y'all, both of y'all should go. Killer Bees should be out of the town. October 25th for the tailgate. I'm going to be there. It's I awesome. Being fantastic. There. Good. It's a fantastic event. What all of the week is that? Go. It's a Wednesday. Okay. It's a Wednesday night. I think Esme would be up for babysitting. We skip the show? You're volunteering Esme to babysit I wouldn't my be the children. first one. <laughs> I didn't have to volunteer. Um, why don't we do the show there? That way we're just That's there. question. Why don't we just go there, do the show, we'll hop off at 6 o'clock, and we're already there. All right. We can do that. Look at us, making moves. We'll find a way. Making money moves. It's what we do. All right. What, um, what tier do the Houston Texans belong relative to the rest of the teams in the NFL? Run your pool. Put this out there. I, I found this on Twitter from Brown Chubby Bear. Uh, his categories, his tiers, not hit Brown Chubby Bear, but the run the run your pools tiers, Super Bowl or bust, that's the very, very top tier, which only has one team on it, quite frankly, which I don't I don't think that's right. I, I think, think there should be, be more teams. than – I do too. Who are your three? San Francisco, the Eagles, and the Chiefs. Yeah. I Those are my three as well. Do you throw Buffalo on there? Not yet. Okay. All right. So those were my three, too. My, my three would be San Fran, Kansas City, and Philly. They only have one team on their Super Bowl or bust, and that's San Francisco. I think if the Eagles fall short of winning a Super Bowl, I think it's not a good year. Same thing with Kansas City. Kansas City, every year, that's the, that, that, that has to be it for them. Especially now that they won two. Yeah. Like, now they're right. Like, now it's Mahomes seeing if he can catch Brady, and it's Reed seeing if he can catch Belichick. The elite teams, which I disagree with a couple of these here as well, uh, Baltimore, Dallas, Buffalo, and then you have Kansas City and Philadelphia on the elite teams. Kansas City and Philly, for us, they should be moved Baltimore? up a, a rung. I'm there with Baltimore, too. I don't think they should be on this elite team Not list. Even, I think no. they should be down a rung. I think Dallas should be down a rung. I think Dallas fans and Dallas themselves believe that that's where they should be. I don't know, man. Like I feel like I feel like some Dallas fans are very brutally honest with their team. They're anti-Dak. They don't, they, yeah, they're either anti-Dak or they don't feel like they're in the same tier as San Fran and Philly. Think, now, there's always a small percentage of delusional fans for right, every fan right. base. I think I actually find more Cowboy fans that don't feel like they're on the same tier as San Fran and Philly than I find fans that think that they are. Well, Dre, Dr. Dran290 is our biggest Cowboy fan. I think that it's in the hive, and he's realistic. He's not a fan of Dak. If you're not a fan of Dak, I think the two guys that catch the most crosshairs are Dak and McCarthy because they think that there should be a better coach and now he's also your offensive play caller and they're always disappointed that Dak seems to be really good and he's almost like a Kirk Cousins new version where he's really good in the regular season and then when you need him at the biggest times he falls short yeah I think he's solid I think Dak's solid I think Dak's yeah, solid is great but is that enough to win a Super Bowl mm, 
you have to have a really, really, really good team around you. This goes back to really. our, our discussion. Think, when's the last time a, a game manager won mm-hmm. a Super Bowl? I think Dak could win a Super Bowl if he was on San Francisco. A lot of guys could win a Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, like the, the team has to be loaded around you. I'm not going to tell you which uh, which one of these tiers the Texans are on just yet. I'm going to see where you're going to put them. The playoff yeah. caliber teams, they have Tampa Bay, which is kind of a surprise, right, uh, from where they were at the start of the year. Miami, fair. Chargers, fair. Lions and then Seahawks. Their frisky tier, they have the Rams, they have the Commanders, who we'll see tonight in a standalone game. Colts, Titans, Jags in the frisky category. Their woof category, your Packers. Vikings, Denver, Cleveland, the Raiders, Steelers, Giants, Cardinals, Saints. Trade for Kirk, for Kirk Cousins category. The Jets and the Patriots. I agree with the Jets. I hadn't thought about Cousins in New England. That would be interesting. Where else were we talk- Indy- no, no. Where else were we talking about Cousins possibly being a fit? Um, I remember us talking about it. Earlier today in the show. Oh, he said Atlanta. I don't, oh, that's I don't, right. Atlanta. I don't agree yep, with yep, Atlanta, yep. though. Uh, and then the Toy Story teams, which they just had that Toy Story <laughs> game. I think this means like their teams aren't very good. Atlanta and Cincinnati, and then the Trust the Process teams, Joe Chicago Bears, and then the Carolina Panthers. So Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I don't, th- I don't know that Tampa belongs in the playoff caliber in my mind. I think they're going to win the division. I know. It, that's the only thing that they got going for them is they get their playoff caliber because their division sucks. But I don't see – I still think between now and the end of the season, Tampa's going to find a way to falter. Baker's going to Baker. And I don't think – and they may even trade Evans. I don't think that they're going to be there at the end. I don't think they'll trade Evans if they're in playoff contention. I think they would have to fall out of playoff contention to do that. The the quarterbacks in that division aren't great though. Like you got Baker, you got Derek Carr's brother or David Carr's brother Derek, you got Bryce Young, and you have Desmond Ritter. Like right. you can make the case that Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in that division. You can make the case is that it that's the worst division in the AFC South. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that's why I think Tampa Bay's fair-ish on this playoff I just caliber. Don't see enough talent. There. I think they're right there on the brink of playoff caliber. Well, I mean their defense is legit. I don't see Seattle that way either. Tampa's defense is pretty good, and then you you look at their receiver core with Evans and Godwin. That's yep. not bad. No, like, it's not. I think that I think they're better than obviously they're better than what we thought at the start of the year because they're three and one. And Seattle's, I think Seattle's more of a because the NFC is weak, and they were a playoff team last year. And that's another team that I think has a good defense and has good skill position guys, and I think more of Geno than you do. So Super Bowl or bust, top tier, elite teams, playoff caliber teams, frisky, wolf, trade for Kirk Cousins, Toy Story teams, whatever that means, trust the process. Which of these categories do you think the Texans should be on? Frisky. Okay, that's where they're at. Okay. The entire AFC now, I South, not, I have not seen where any of these teams were. Oh, I believe you. But but frisky to me seems like, now at the start of the year, would I say they'd be frisky? Absolutely not. But what they've done through four weeks, what they've shown me throughout w- w- overall as a team, not just with C.J. Stroud, that's a big factor. Their defense, their young defensive players and the way they get around the field, I, I think they're definitely frisky now. I'm, I'm putting... I'm not quite putting them playoff caliber teams, the, the Texans. I, to me, they're frisky. Now, what's interesting about the frisky category is that literally every single AFC South team is on the frisky category, the frisky tier. So Texans, Colts, Titans, Jags. So one of these teams, by default, eventually has to be up to the playoff right, caliber. Right. Now, that's got to play they have out. to win the division, and it's going to be interesting since they're dead even after four games. Yeah, I look at this and I say there's no reason not to. We talk about schedule, we talk about the division, and then we just talk about the intestinal fortitude internally now and the belief. They're starting to believe with every good performance. It's not just the fan base jumping back on the bandwagon. It's the team itself believing, hey, why not us, why not now? We've heard that that mantra before, but it's starting to fit with this team where the young guys, and you hear them and you hear the comments of Grenard and some of the guys that say, it's a new culture. It's a new attitude. It's a new day, and we believe. We believe in D'Amico. We believe in our coordinators. We believe in our players. 
they're going to get to a point with every passing positive moment to say, we can do this, and, and then with momentum, it could be a crazy thing. Yeah, somebody, I mean, somebody has to graduate from the AFC South up to that up to that playoff caliber tier. It just you have to. I mean, you realistically, you think all year. if you had to pick one gun to your head, money on the line, it should be Jacksonville. But they know. but they haven't done anything to separate themselves. Man, the Colts intrigue me. The Colts intrigue me because they whooped up on the Texans. Quite frankly, uh, I know Anthony Richardson got hurt on the second drive of that game, but they're getting Jonathan Taylor back this week. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fascinated what the usage of Jonathan Taylor is going to be. And like he's saying all the right things. He says, look, like yeah, I'm all in. I'm here. If I wasn't all in, I wouldn't be here. I think he's – honestly, I think the Colts have him over the barrel. I think he has to produce in order to get that contract that he wants. I think he has to produce to make himself attractive to other teams around the league. I'm very interested to see what the Colts look like this weekend. With I think Jonathan Taylor him, back. I think he put himself in a very awkward position sure. that he didn't you – know, that I don't think he expected to be in. And now it's good. I'm very curious and interested to see what he looks like. Like, you know, coming off an injury, but then right away, the minute you're available to come off an injury, the initial talk was, well, in a week or two, we'll get him back. Now, all of a sudden, it's he could be available Sunday. He's practicing, and, and, and there's a chance he plays. There's a chance he could screw this whole thing up if he isn't in tip-top physical condition, and he hasn't been taking hits, and he hasn't been doing things, and there's going to be a lot, of expect, a lot expected of him. I'm curious to see if he can stay healthy. I think the AFC South is the only division in the NFL where every team in its division has a chance to win the win the division. So Carolina, because Carolina doesn't in the South. Carolina cannot win the the NFC, NFC South. South. And right. then you look at some of the other divisions around the league. Like not every team in the NFC East has a chance to compete with Philly. Like namely the the New York Football Giants. You look at the NFC North. Chicago has no chance. Carolina to have a chance in the NFC South, like you mentioned. Arizona has no chance. Jets have no chance. Patriots have no chance. AFC North, maybe. Like, do you think Cleveland has a chance? Do you think yeah. Cincy has a chance? Yep. Do you think Pittsburgh? I st- uh, nah, not really. So maybe the AFC North, AFC West. Like, does Denver going to compete with Kansas City? No, absolutely no. not. The AFC South. I could see Indy winning the division. I could see Jacksonville winning the division. I could see Houston winning the division. I could see Tennessee winning There's the division. A, you can I, make a case for all of them. I absolutely agree. I totally agree because as much as we thought the Titans were washed, Derrick Henry showed you at least for a week he could still be Derrick Henry. Tannehill hasn't you know, all over it himself to where he's been serviceable. That's all he has to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and their defense is damn good still. So uh, they have a chance. There's you're right. All four teams have a chance. I personally don't think green Bay has a chance in, in, yeah, you can in throw the them North in either. And, and I'm not sure that Minnesota does because of the hole they dug for themselves, but they have talent. But you think Pittsburgh has a chance to win the Super Bowl, Joe? Super Bowl? I mean, I'm no. sorry, the division. I meant the division. I, I meant the division. My bad. My bad. I don't think they have a chance to win the division. I don't, I don't either. I don't yeah, so I'm out either. on Pittsburgh. I think they're clearly the worst team in that division. So the AFC South is the only division in the NFL where all four of its teams have a like a legitimate chance to win the league. Yeah, I think Joe's that's true. hesitating. Who's the team that you're hesitating on, Joe? Carolina. No, that, like, no, no they're there, not. They're Joe. They're in the NFC South. Oh, I think you said just in general in the NFL. No, the, we no, just we just went through every division. division, Joe. The, I understand you're doing other things. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm who's setting it? <laughs> that's tomorrow, but. But the AFC South is the only division in the entire NFL where all four of its teams no, have no. a shot to win its, league, win so its my, division. My answer was correct. I was, I was, I'm contemplating the Carolina Panthers no. if they no could win the NFC South. Yeah, I see what you're saying now. Like, I just, I don't, There's that, the, that's the only division. Not like, even, good. So the rumor right now, Joe, and I you saw it or not, but the rumor right now is they love Bryce Young so much that they are so all in that they are going to be 
hunting and searching for a wide receiver one yeah, between like they, now and the deadline so they can do something. Even weird. if they got a wide receiver one, Maybe I don't think they're good DJ enough Moore. this year. They were talking about Hollywood. They talked about T. Higgins. Yeah. Jerry that, Judy's that to, name's coming up. I think that's to lock in a receiver with Bryce than it has to do with winning now. Yeah, because even if they make that move, I don't think they have enough to win the division. Yeah, and they, they don't have their first rounder next year. So, like, this might be, like, they feel like their best chance to acquire a wide receiver one is at the deadline and then pay them before they ever enter the free agency market. There's a lot, by the way, on Judy that they're going to move him. I think that they will. I think Sean Payton ultimately is going to turn over that roster by 95% by in, like, two years. They, they're saying you only have to give up a fifth or a sixth to For get Judy? a Jerry Judy? Whoa. I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, if that's the case, then Nick Casero should probably make that I, call. I saw yeah, several I of the, the Packers blog sites and the beat writers saying, would you, you know, Jerry Judy on the market, the rumor is fifth or sixth. That's way too low. I agree. I, He's I would, got more value than I, that. I, the Texans don't need a receiver because I think I like their top four. Uh, I, Hutchinson, fine for me, is a five. But if you get Judy for a fifth or a sixth rounder Woods, with the talent that he has. Yeah, and plus you like Woods for this year, but Woods long-term is yeah. not going to be with Judy. Is. Yeah, that's That would intrigue me. 713-780-ESP, would that intrigue you? It looks like the Texans' offensive line's about set for this week. It's kind of curious what it is. Also, what should the running back work share be for this team between Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. They call him Motor. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. I've been telling you about them for quite a while now because I've gotten the results. I've met the people. I know Dr. O and his staff, and I know how much they care about getting patients to where they want to go. When you get older, you start not having to get up and go that you used to have, and it's get, it gets up and it goes, and it's went, and you don't think you can get it back. Well, thanks to the people at Apollo Men's Health, you can. There's so many different ways that they can help you. You can go to their website, ApolloMH.com, right now and see all the services they offer, and you might find several that could actually help you and be beneficial. If that's the case, set up an appointment right there while you're online, and you'll find out most major insurance is accepted, and there's discounts for military personnel and first responders. But then go in knowing you're probably going to get the results that you're after because they can help you in so many ways, from the boardroom to the weight room to the bedroom. If you're struggling, they can get you right again. If you're looking to lose weight, they have semi-glutide right now where you don't even have to work out. You could lose up to six pounds in a week, or they can get you on with your workout programs and help you and assist you with that from recovering quicker with HGH peptide therapy to charting your progress so that you know when your numbers are going in the right direction and your body fat's down and your muscle mass is up and you're feeling better on a daily basis. It's fantastic the things they can do if you just let them. If you mention my name, Joel Blank, you can get a free body composition analysis on your first official visit or a B12 shot to get more energy. And, oh, yeah, there's that too. If you want more energy from the B12 shots to all the different ways they can do hormone therapy for men and women, you can be more energetic and have more of a, of a battery drive on a day-to-day basis to get all your to-do list done. It's fantastic. They're great people doing great things. they got three locations now to better serve you, with one now in League City. Check them out. Here's Joel and Jeremy. The truth is we're provoked a lot. He's blank on Branham, 713-780-3776. Talk about this Texans offensive line, which is going to be the fifth straight different look to the offensive line. Also, what do you think the Texans' work share should look like in that running back room, namely between Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, 713-780-3776. Before we do all that, though, let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Robbie, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Robbie? Yes, sir. This is Robbie from Dayton. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to uh, talk about the Cowboys thing. And I was born in Dallas, bleed blue, but until they get rid of the um, owner – then it's not going to be about the coach and the quarterback. 
It's all about him. Yeah. Because back in the day, he had a dynasty like Bilicek had if he wouldn't have got rid of Jimmy with that falling out they had. So I'll just hang up and listen to what y'all got to say. Thanks, Robbie, for clarifying your date, and I thought you were in the fifth ward. Uh, it's hard to get rid of ownership. It's hard to get rid of ownership. Well, I was at, that's the first thing I was going to say. For all the people that we had to endure, you know, Cal must go, and we had to break it to them gently that he was going nowhere unless he totally screwed up you know, off the field and outside of the realm of the NFL duties. He's not going anywhere. And that's the same thing you can say about Jerry Jones. It's his team. That's why he's the general manager, too. He can do whatever the hell he wants, and he does. And he's making so much money that yeah, he's tried a few things to maybe get him at least on the radar a little bit off the field, but nothing close to Donald Sterling-esque. He's going to be your owner. I I agree with Robbie. I agree with him. Like, I don't think they're going to win with Jerry. But I you, can't, you can't get rid of him. Like, you got to wait for him to die, quite frankly, and hope that Stephen, jo- Stephen Jones is better. Like, the Jones family's not selling but the Stephen team. Jones it's their is baby. Only better if he brings in a true football mind to run the football operations. Because yeah. as much as those guys, it's their shiny toy, they can, you know, it's, they can treat it like baseball cards and start, or football cards and start trading them away and, and drafting players. But they don't know what true football minds do. I wonder, I wonder what Stephen Jones is going to be like, though. Because, I mean, maybe he just has a completely different personality than Jerry. You know, kind of like Callen no and Mr. McNair. Very different yeah. in a bad way, maybe. Uh, that was a I think bad Cal's way, but better. yeah, maybe he gets wise in his ways and says, I need a true, you know, personnel guy. Yeah, three 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 A. Get rid of the owner calls are stupid unless they do something egregious. They aren't going anywhere. I agree. Like, I think it's fair to criticize ownership, but I think the moment where you're like, sell the team, like that's a dead end. Like, it's very unlikely that they're going to sell their money printing machine. Well, yeah, I was going to say not like sense. not short of the Orioles owner who threatened and then never did open up his books. If you ever did. If the, any NFL owner opened up their books and showed you yeah. how much money they're printing hand over fist, they're never giving that up. No, never. It looks like the seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six blank Branham. Uh, I think that uh, the Texans' offensive line, like gauging this on reporters posting videos of the offensive line in practice, and then also listening to some sound bites, like D'Amico Ryan's yesterday uh, when asked about the possibility of Titus playing left guard. Which, by the way, D'Amico's sharp. He's never going to give away anything, whether it's injuries, whether it's who's playing where he's not going to do it like so stop asking but he's not going to do it but he did mention that they want to play their best five which to me is a pretty good clue Bobby Slowick again today echoed that same sentiment that they want to play the best five and I think that the only only way to play the best five is by playing Titus Howard at left guard until at least Juice Scruggs is back and or Josh Jones is back. I don't think Juice isn't playing this week. I don't think Josh Jones is going to make it back. The reports are that he had surgery on a hand. Now he's participating in a limited fashion. See how many people had those big casts on their hand yesterday? Yeah, Perryman had one. And yeah, Defense is fine for me to play with that cast. If you're an offensive lineman, I don't think you can do it, quite frankly. I mean, you're basically holding. like As long as we're in the shoulders, you're trying to hold. Right. It looks like the offensive line this week. It, I think there's two options. There's option A, which is Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Titus Howard at left guard, Jarrett Patterson at center, Shaq Mason at right guard, Noah Fant, or George Fant, rather, at right tackle. Option B is Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, Michael Dieter at left guard, Jarrett Patterson at center, Shaq Mason at right guard, and Titus Howard at right tackle. Which option do you like more? Well, I mean, you and I kind of kicked this around the other day, and we were you were the one that talked me into the fact that as much as I don't like playing musical positions with a guy like Howard, 
sometimes you just have to because it means the most to protecting your quarterback and loading up the left side and making sure that you know he he is taken care of. So as much as I'm cringeworthy about getting into a situation the Texans have gotten into in the past where it was just every week, multiple positions, you know, changing spots, musical chairs, this is something I think out of necessity they have to do. And so, you know, whether it's Dieter or Deculus in the past, I don't like seeing those guys on the offensive line as much as I would like to see, you know, a guy that's serviceable in Fant and a, and a guy that we know has talent in Howard. So that's probably where they're going to go. Yeah, I'm, I've been on the option A train. Like, I, I don't like moving Titus Howard to left guard either. I don't think it's his best position by a mile. But in order to, like, would you rather have option A and have Fant and Titus out there? Or would you rather have option B and have Dieter and then, yes, admittedly, Titus at his better position? For me, it's option A. Now, I don't think this is a permanent thing. I don't want it to be a permanent thing. The fact that you paid Titus the money that you paid him, like that's right tackle money, that's not left guard money. I don't think it's permanent. I think as soon as Josh Jones or Scruggs is back, they're the left guard, you move Titus back to right tackle. You would, you would hope, based on what we had heard yesterday, you would hope this is a one-week fix. This is just get you through this game, and if Juice is back for the Saints game is next week, yeah. That if he's back for the Saints game, you hope that this is just a one week thing. I want them honestly. I don't want them to rush Juice back. I want them to wait for after the bye. Like why? Why rush him? Back? I'm not saying that it's a rush. Like if he's 100, percent he's 100. percent I rather wait a week too long than a week too early. And the the benefit of this too Dutch is Baker. and you also have the bye though. If he's like, healthy, we're going to wait a week. But you also have the buy on top of it. Yeah. So it's like you wait a week, but you also have the buy, so you're buying two weeks for one game. Like To me, it makes sense for them to hold Juice back until after the bye week. And maybe the, Josh Jones. I think the other indicator that's going to be a big factor in this is let's see how it plays out this week. If it really works True. well, and if they you know keep pressure off of, of CJ again, and, and it's, they're able to come together... And it works for a week. Why wouldn't you keep doing it? Exactly. Like if you have a bad week this week, we have seven sacks, and it's yeah. like the left guard spot, or Titus isn't good there, or Fan has a bad game, uh, then you mix it up. How about this running back work share? Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. You look at the numbers on this right now. Damian Pierce is getting about two and a half touches to every one for Devin Singletary. Uh, Pierce has sixty-four carries. Singletary has twenty-seven. Pierce has actually been targeted more out of the backfield than Singletary has. I didn't think that would be the case. But Pierce has 11 targets out of the backfield. Singletary's at four. Are you okay with this two-and-a-half-to-one share between Damian Pierce and Singletary? Right now, I certainly am. Because right now, I don't want Damian Pierce to get absolutely beat to crap because of the fact that the line makes it difficult to, to run. And I think that until you get all of your line healthy again, and you hope that sooner rather than later, and you hope that that's a moment that you have, and you have the ability to do that. I don't, I don't mind the fact that the change of pace is good. Even, even most teams in the league, when they have two good running backs, they will have a series or they will have you know a, a possession where they're going to switch up their running backs. I don't think Singletary hurts you. I don't think that if I'm Pierce, I should be mad about it. And I think that they're complementary to one another. They're not really the same kind of back anyway. I'm fine with it. I actually want it to be a smaller uh, delta. I think it should be about two to one. Like Devin Singletary yard per carry, and it's hard to get a like for like here because Singletary's come in a lot of times, like in third and long situations, maybe a lighter box. He was kind of killing the clock uh, two weeks ago against Jacksonville. Singletary's averaging three and a half yards a carry. Pierce is under three. Yep. 
I would kind of like to see Singletary get a few more carries here, whether it's like a 60-40 split, 55-45 split. I kind of want to see Singletary cut into some of those Pierce carries. I'm not, I'm not saying I want Singletary to be the starter. I'm not saying anything crazy like that. But I am intrigued to see Singletary get more touches and see if this whole average in over a half yard per carry is like a legitimate thing, a real thing. I want to get more looks at that. I also think pacing and tempo, that's that, that change of pace that means something too. I think they get used to kind of that – that battering ram of Pierce as a defense, and all of a sudden Singletary is a little bit more of a scat back. He's yeah. quicker. He hits the hole quicker. The defenses have to react, and he's able to get more chunk yards than than Pierce is able to get when they when they if as long as they keep going back and forth. So I'm totally fine with that. I don't think that Singletary is better than Pierce. No, but like you, what you mentioned, like how quick he is, like put his foot in the ground, cut to his left, cut to his right. He's pretty good at the one cut, hit that hole really really hard. I, I'd like Singletary to get some more carries to see if it's like a legit thing with Singletary putting up better numbers than Damian Pierce's yards per carry. 713-780-3776, where do you stand on that? Also, we have some questions built up in our queue that you want to know about the Astros. You want to ask us. A special mailbag Astro Thursday. Whatever you want to know about the Astros, you want to ask us ahead of the division series beginning Saturday. Now's your chance. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Rocktoberfest and Beer Fest are just a couple of days away. In fact, tomorrow for Rocktoberfest. Beer Fest comes up on Saturday at the Kima Boardwalk. Rock on October 6th through 8th at the Kima Boardwalk with free concerts all weekend at Rocktoberfest. Begins tomorrow evening. Get ready for everything that's right about rock and roll. This band is really loud with really big hair. Can't beat that. The Velcro Pygmies then take the stage to rock out with hits from Bon Jovi, Def Leppard, Poison, and more. Continues on Saturday. They get started with dance and variety band Yelba, Journey Tribute Band, Escape, wraps up the night, and then it wraps up with a bang on Sunday. Houston hottest cover band the slags performing today's hottest hits the classics and everything in between head to kemaboardwalk.com to see the full band lineup also you want to block off 2 to 5 p.m saturday for the beer fest at kema boardwalk the craft beer fest you've been waiting for two dozen breweries 72 craft beer samples you can buy tickets right now in advance as well at kemabeerfest.com you do that you get a five dollar discount check out the full list of breweries at kema beer Fest.com. It includes the Four Sixes, Woodchuck Cider, Sierra, and much, much more. If you're looking for something more family-friendly, well, Kima Boardwalk has you covered there. Bring the family to Boo on the Boardwalk. Have a spooktacular time the entire month of October at the Haunted House. Live music, spooky movies, arts and crafts, trick-or-treating, and much, much more. See the full schedule of events and concert lineup at Kima Boardwalk. On ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. A lot of people have uh, wanted us to uh, answer specific Astro questions for them because everybody's excited. It's playoff baseball, baby. starts Saturday. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. We always do a mailbag Monday on Mondays. A special Astros mailbag Thursday. 713-780-3776. DK, the question every Astro fan is asking, uh, Greg Kessinger or uh, David Hensley? I think that one's a no-brainer. To me based on the seasons that both had both with the Astros but more specifically even in Sugarland I don't I don't think Hensley's in the mix I don't think so either I think you go with the guy who's been there like right. you go with the guy who's been traveling around with the team now they they did add some dudes to like the taxi squad a big squad right now there's like 8 or 9 of them yeah. like a few pitchers like a Blanco a Dubin like a uh, couple B-Lack. of the lefties Belak then uh 
Hinsley is on that. Salazar's on that. Jolks yep. is on that. Uh, but that's just the taxi cab thing, the, the taxi squad. So if anybody got hurt, things like that. Uh, but no, I, this is this is Kessinger. I think it's pretty simple. He's yep. the guy that's been with the with the team the you know final couple months of the year. I don't think you make that change at all. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six seven three seven three asks: Can the Astros fix their issues at home for this upcoming series? I totally think that it, it'll be a thing of the past in the playoffs. I, I think it's a different environment. It's a different atmosphere. Sometimes baseball is just fluky that way, and and those things happen. But I'm not reading into it as much as most, and I believe that in the playoffs, that place will be jumping. It'll be loud. They'll have a home field advantage. They'll take advantage of it. Uh, they better. <laughs> they, no no they question. Be, they better. Uh, do like if, if I'm putting on my prediction hat, I mean, I, the, the pitching matchups work in your favor. Like Verlander, game one, I'm, I'm stressing this. I know I'm stressing this. I'm beating a dead horse here. Game one's critical. Like you have to have the guy that you chose, Verlander, over Fromber, and beat a, whoever it is, whether it's Joe Ryan, whether it's Bailey Ober, whether it's uh, Kente Maeda. Like you got you to gotta go out and win game one. And then Fromber, Pablo Lopez, I think is a really good matchup. But you got to. Like if you're going to win in the postseason, you got to win home games. We saw that win 2019 World Series, where the road team won in every single stinking game, and the Astros, one of the one of the few teams in Major League Baseball history that's made the playoffs with a losing record at home. It's ridiculous. It's silly. It doesn't make any sense. This batter's eye thing is wild. It's crazy. They got to win baseball games at home. A 92-40. Do you guys think that the Astros really worry about their home record? I'm curious if the players even worry about it. Uh, I I don't know that they worry about it. They know about it because they're going to be asked about it. And they, they know as much as they say they don't read social media or read the articles or look at anything. They know. And, and you know what? Every day when they get to their locker, they're going to get a stack of all the clippings and papers and notes and things like that. And they know what, who they are. They know what they've done or haven't done. But I don't think they worry about it because they know how good this baseball team is when it's healthy. And at this time of the year, they've had success. Uh, Ninety two four. Like I, I think that they do. I think the answer is to the batter's eye. Like they forced the Astros' hand in repainting the batter's eye. So yeah, I think it's in their head. I think it is something that they're aware of that- and they're cognizant of. Like I think that yeah, I think that they're like, oh okay, well we're not doing well at home. Uh, we're not hitting well at home. We're not seeing the baseball well at home. So let's have them repaint the batter's eye. Like the moment that they repainted the batter's eye, like they're aware of some sort of difficulty at home. Right, but I think Dana Brown did that. I feel like as a general manager, not only did he hear about it, but he started asking, maybe he already knew about it, but he was asking questions about it. And then that, I believe that's his call to go and make and do that. I think the players were aware of the I mean, you had the players going to Chandler Rome off the record saying that this is a problem. <clears throat> okay. So I, I think that they're, I mean, that maybe they're not looking at win-loss record, but they're looking at reasons why they're struggling at home. And it, get, it got done. Like they they did add a section of paint to that I batter's eye. I think Dana did that, but I think Dana did that maybe based on the pressure of the article and you know and and yeah, Dana's not Dana's not doing that if he doesn't hear noise. You know what I mean? Like if there's not noise there, Dana's just like oh, okay, let's just paint some more batter eye around there in center field. Like there's there's cause and effect. The effect was they painted the batter's eye. What was the cause? The players felt like they could help them. Uh, eight four three seven one out of ten. How worried are y'all that playoff Altuve and playoff uh, playoff Jordan show up this year again? I think playoff Altuve wasn't really good last year, whereas playoff not. Jordan kind of had his struggles, but he had massive moments. The big moments made everybody forget everything else and think that he had a wonderful playoff run. And, and, and I don't know that he hit the ball for average great, 
But I, I'm not worried about either one of those guys because if they're healthy, they're going to be just fine. And now we know that Jordan, whatever his throwing arm was and what they were looking at, he's going to he's capable of playing the field. He should be fine. I think both guys are going to be just fine. I think that the, I like their chances to have really good series against Minnesota and beyond, and I'm not worried about them. Seven eight seven one. Do you expect JV to get his personal center fielder in the playoffs? I do. Yeah, I do too. Yep. I think Dubon's going to play in center field, not Chaz. I think Dusty likes Dubon in center field with Justin Verlander because Justin Verlander's a fly ball pitcher and Dubon has a stronger arm. So, a fly ball pitcher, runner at second base trying to tag out to third, you got a better chance to throw him out or not let the runner do it with Dubon versus Chaz. Dubon has one of the strongest arms on the team. Chaz has the worst arm on the team. I would also throw a rebuttal or a second question to you because I'm not worried. And I don't think, are you, did you, are you worried about Altuve and Jordan? Oh, I forgot to answer that. Uh, no, like I trust Altuve and Jordan. I, I am concerned about Bregman and, and Abreu. Fair. Abreu's been better, but still he not has. Great. I know Dana was singing his praises since he actually sat out and rested the back and what he's done since, which was better, but it still wasn't what you were expecting when you signed him. Bregman's the guy that worries me because in a lot of ways, he's the, <clears throat> he's the emotional spark plug for this team. Yeah. And you know it because when he's hitting well, he's – Showing, showboating, and doing all of his things. When he's not, like towards the end of the season, he's a totally different dude, and you can feel and look and see the energy go down in that clubhouse. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's clubhouse, but definitely him. Like his manner, he Throughout gets a little the pouty. Dugout, and you know, it's not yeah. that kind of. I mean, if Bregman goes Astros on home runs and parties and things, but if Bregman goes over four and you score seven runs in the game, I don't think anybody's pouting because Bregman's struggling. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but he is. He's the energy. He's the pulse of that team in a lot of ways. And when he's not performing, he's not the same guy. Yeah, he's he's been he's been very very streaky this year, and you can tell whenever he's not going well. He's he does act much different. Uh, but I, I still think you can win if one or two of yeah, those guys struggle. Win, there's enough talent in the lineup. Nine two four zero. Do you think Yiner even sniffs any action behind the plate? I do not. The only way is if JP France starts game four. If JP France starts a game. In the ALDS, then Yiner will catch him, I believe. Yiner will not catch Verlander. He will not catch Fromber. He will not catch Javier. He will not catch Urquidy. The only chance Yiner has to start a game behind the plate is if J.P. France or some miracle Hunter Brown, and I don't even, that's not happening, is if J.P. France starts a game in the playoffs. I'm glad you clarified that because I, starting is one thing. Catching in the series, starting. I think there's a legit chance, especially if you're going to piggyback a start or you know, with a Javier, you don't know how far he can go and how how much of a how long of a leash he's going to have. And then if you might need you need a bat in a key in a key situation too, he could hit and then take over catching, yep. especially with when you go to some of the younger guys. I think that's Yiner's role in this series. If you're trailing late in the game, seventh inning or later, then Yiner will pinch it for Maldonado. I think that's his role. I really don't see him starting a game in this series unless it's a DH, uh, but not behind the plate unless JP pitches. And I don't Even expect like, JP to pitch. What's your thought on a piggyback situation? Like you know, you know, like I'm saying, like I, I think because you're only carrying two catchers, I, otherwise it might be easier to say, yeah, I'll go Yiner. Who's starting the piggyback? Uh, Maldonado's starting the piggyback. No, no, which pitcher? Oh, I, I, whether it's Urquidy or Javier, where you're starting Maldi behind yeah, the dish. Yeah, it's Maldi there. And I, I and I agree with you. Like, I don't think that Dusty 
pinch hits for Maldi with Yiner if they're trettling, unless it's seventh inning or later. I don't see him doing it in the fifth. Inning. Had, I wish. I wish he would. I wish he would be more aggressive. Yeah, I if would. you had Salazar, then you had that insurance see, policy in case someone got hurt or something happened. You do, but I don't even care. Like I, I roll the dice. If you're down by three runs in the fifth inning and Martin Maldonado's walking to the plate with runners at first and second, one out, and the starters already lifted for your team, I'm pinch hitting. Yeah, I would too. I, I understand it's risky and you don't have a backup catcher, but I'm sorry, Greg Kessinger, put on the equipment if Yiner gets hurt. You have to roll the dice. In is that he the spot. emergency? I, I've heard that he is. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he is. A three three seven six Singleton gets left off the roster? Question mark. I think it comes down to if the Astros carry thirteen or twelve pitchers. The norm is twelve. I think that they're going to pick Hunter Brown over Singleton and carry thirteen pitchers. I would total guess. That. Total guess. I think it's between those two guys, and I would think that he leans because of the fact that Yiner isn't going to start, and he's got the boomer bust that he believes Singleton has. On the bench already. And because there's a little bit of questions about Javier and uh, whoever's starting in game four. Because, mm-hmm. like, Javier, like, he's going five innings max, maybe even less than that. You don't really count on Arquiti to go, like, past five innings. So the fact that you have two spots in your four-man rotation that you're not really counting to go past the fifth inning, per right. se, I think that that leads to an extra pitcher, even though the 12 is the norm in the ALDS. All right, 713-780-3776. Get your nominations in for our Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. What's the biggest car wreck of the day? It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Look, I'm a homeowner. Most of you that are listening right now are homeowners too so you can relate with me on this insurance rates are going bonkers this year everything is but especially home insurance rates you need to save money on your home insurance we've seen rates increase of 30 40 50 percent even higher in some cases it's ridiculous it's super expensive how do you stop the insanity i'm going to tell you grab your phone right now because you're about to text tgs insurance agency tgs is the fastest growing agency in texas why you ask well, they make saving you money fast and easy. That's what we want to hear. Save me money, do it fast, make it easy for me. Their instant quoting system shops the market for you so you don't have to and will deliver you a proposal in 15 seconds. Like I said, very fast. You can't afford to wait any longer. Stop paying those crazy insurance rates. The time to save is right now. Take the phone, text the word money, M-O-N-E-Y, to 232320, money to twenty. 232320. The TGS system will ask for your address. Just send that back. You'll get your proposal with excellent coverage within 15 seconds. Fast and easy. TGS is winning people from everywhere, up the coast to the Woodlands area, Conroe, Katy, Cypress, all the way to Beaumont. TGS customers save big. Over 35,000 of your neighbors in the area trust TGS, and with thousands of five-star reviews, you can too. It is simple. It is fast. It is easy. And big savings. Who doesn't want that? That's why TGS is the gold standard. Do not guy. get those nominations in for Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. We'll get to that in... In just one moment, a couple of uh, quick Astro questions here. Ocho, how do you trust? Uh, how much do you trust Verlander to pitch a scoreless first inning on Saturday? Uh, I feel good about it. I, I feel good that he'll get through it. I know he struggles early sometimes. I don't have any problem. Again, I, I guess I'm more optimistic in terms of what this team's going to do at home in the playoffs and what he's going to do. 
I, I feel good about it. I'll go a fair level of confidence. Just don't give Royce Lewis anything to hit, please. I think this is what they did not do when they played teams like the Royals and they didn't understand it all goes with Bobby Witt Jr. does. Mm-hmm. I think they will pitch around. They better pitch around Lewis. Yeah, he's dangerous. Three two zero nine is the batter. I really mess with the batters themselves. I don't see the opponent struggling at batting at Minute Maid Park. Fair point. I've been told that the trouble is with uh, mostly lefties and then guys who have a very over-the-top delivery where the, the ball is higher for the arm slot and with all the noise in center field, I figure that's the Gallagher Plaza or whatever, that it's difficult to pick up the baseball. And if you think about it, the Astros don't really have a lot of lefties that have a very high arm slot. Fromber's a little bit shorter and he doesn't go over the top. That's what I've been told. But I do think it's legitimate. The reason I think it's legitimate is because they've added paint. They've added more paint. So enough like smoke... There's fire there now. Uh, I, I think it is, like, for real. Like, I don't know if it's tangible in terms of, like, overall production and stats, but the hitters are definitely thinking about I it think and noticing it. Something. If they react to it, if they do do something about it, then it wasn't just noise. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Cause and effect. Like, the, the, they they did something. All right, 713-780-ESPN. Get those nominations in. We have a few now as we get to our Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. This is the Car Wreck of the Day, brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. What's that? Joe loves that, the Sopranos I love it. That's why I, put it. that's why I made it. He, I know. he built it. <laughs> he likes his work. He, he likes his work. All right, what are some nominations you have for our Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com? Well, this one will go close to home. This one goes to the Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers, you won the division. You got home field. You were favored in the series. You laid an egg and got swept. It's a bad look. It's a team that continues to do the exact same thing, and they're much like a lot of other teams that are small to mid-market teams. They try to ride the wave. They don't want to pay their best players, but then they try to stay relevant, and their fan base is getting a little grumpy about it and I don't blame them that was an embarrassing look by the Milwaukee Brewers in the playoffs yeah two and Q to an Arizona team that the Astros just swept I think it's a good nomination uh I think that all of the wild card series mm-hmm. should be nominated we get no drama today we get no must win baseball on a Thursday like this is the whole point of the wild card yeah. series it hasn't right really worked out add anticipation add excitement give me some must win baseball I was ready to see at least two games on my Thursday must win game threes wild card series I get none of them and don't no baseball none? All today sucks but when you're a home team like Milwaukee or Tampa and you, you get swept, that's even worse. Yeah, it is. That's a, that's a good point. I, I'm going to go a little bit more big picture with all of it. Joe George, what are you nominating for Car Wreck of the Day? Well, we'll see how it works out, but I'm just going to assume that the Astros are going to win the ALDS, so I would mm. like to nominate Minnesota Twins fans for not learning the lessons of Yankees and Phillies fans and yep. mm-hmm. tra- chanting, we want Houston, you morons. That's what Josh from Seabrook just said on the text line. Thanks, Josh. I like that area. Of work. I live there, too. <laughs> Pretty close. Y'all, it must be, the, uh, must be the air down there, thinking on the same wavelengths. I like that one, too. Uh, four nine. Six five car wreck of the day. The Toronto Blue Jays manager for pulling his game two starter Jose Barrios for use of CCCC Kikuchi. That was a weird move. It Under was. fifty pitches and he's pulling Barrios, who's been really really good for them. Yeah, he's a stud for you. He didn't throw a lot of pitches. He handled it really really well because I thought he might lose his bleep in mind either coming off the mound or in the post game, and he 
he stayed to the company line and he was classy about it, I'd have been pissed off. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was interesting. Nine two four zero car wreck of the day. Jimmy Butler's bangs, the emo version of Jimmy Butler. It was like um, from um, what's the group with Andre three thousand? Oh, Outcast. Outcast. The guy yeah. from Outcast sometimes goes with the straight hair as well. I kind of like it. But did you see it? He also had his. He had a lip ring, yeah, a fake two lip ring. piercings, a nose piercing, and the hair. <laughs> so he went straight emo. And then I also, Joe, you guys lucked out because as a Bulls fan, you know, he mentioned the Bulls. Then he also went petty and in his press conference talked about his career and all the stops and what it meant for him. And he refused to use the term Minnesota Timberwolves at all. What is he? What's the beef there in Minnesota? Was it Carl Anthony? Was it everybody? It was everybody. Remember that day that he took the third string and beat him at practice and talked to him the whole way, and then said he wanted out. See, and they said he didn't get traded. They should have well. They should have built around him. They sure should have. I'm a hundred percent with that because I don't believe Carl Anthony Towns is worth what he's making. Joe doesn't like uh, Jimmy Butler. No, I'm just saying because Joe had him. He's with the Bulls. No, but I don't think Joe likes Jimmy Butler. He's fine. He he, he yelled, yelled at him once. He yelled at me. He did? I said he's from Houston. He goes, I'm from Tomball. (laughs) A guy from Tomball. On the air or in an interview? No, in an interview. Okay. Okay. It's not so bad. He still comes back every offseason and works out. In Houston? Yeah. 9411 says so he's turning into Dennis Rodman. (laughs) I think think Jimmy's a little bit more control of his uh, emotions and actions than Dennis Rodman. Rodman was in town like a week ago. Really? Here in Houston. Yeah, hanging does, out at the... How does Todd know? Because he, 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 he <laughs> hanging out at the Federal American Grill. I don't feel like they're the same circles, you know? They, Todd and We Dennis were there Rodman. for lunch. I don't think so either. Was like, Rodman was here a week ago. He was on the outside patio. He was inside. He was hanging out. I was like, the hell's he doing here? Well, like, if there's two guys that I would never imagine being in the same place at one time, it might be front office Todd and... Uh, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> and Dennis Rodman. It's pretty accurate. Uh, I mean, I could say that with Dennis Rodman and just about anybody. Yeah. Wheatstraw says the thing about We Want Houston is that eventually someone's going to be right... And they'll walk around. They'll walk around with their chest out. I mean, you're right, but error in the ways. Yeah, until it happens, understand that you know don't do what you know hasn't worked out for everybody else unless you feel really, really good. Yeah, someone uh, wants to nominate sexy red for car wreck of the day. If sexy you don't know that red. story, Google it. Yeah, there's a. It's pretty interesting. It's a legitimate car wreck that oh. happened for certain reasons that. Sexy Red is saying, oh. which I don't know if they're true or not. I would imagine that they're not true, okay. to be honest. All right, who are we going with for today's car wreck of the day? Um, I'll. I'm still. I'm going to vote for the Brewers. You're going to go with Milwaukee. I want to vote for the Chicago Bears because of the foresight of what's going to happen tonight as Hell they take yeah. on the Commanders. They're going to get blown out by the uh, by Hell the, yeah. the comp. Speaking my language, are my car wreck of the day is the Chicago Sammy Bears. Looks like a quarterback. Car wreck of the day is when they win. He tonight. looked pretty good last week. Yeah, he wasn't bad. I think I have the I have the Commanders covering and the under. Good, I like both those things. So who's your vote for the day? You going um, Bears? I'm Bears. The Bears. <laughs> you guys agreed every week, every day this week. Bears are the car wreck of the day. Brewers when they leave Milwaukee. Presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Call now at 713-999-8773 or visit them online at CarWreckTexas.com. We'll be at East River 9 tomorrow. Whole station will come hang out with us. Thanks to Joe George for doing the hard work. He's blank on Branham. Talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Game on with Barry Lamanac. Jerome Solomon is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.